BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to episode 133 of the Highly Relevant Podcast, a Latin X show where I interview the people and discuss the moments that are shaping our American and Latino pop culture. Well, guys, it's the last month of 2019, and uh, I'm sure you're going mad shopping uh, after all the great sales on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. I got to uh, pick up a couple of things myself, uh, pretty happy with, I mean... The sales are crazy steep this year. I mean, this is like one of the best years for sale. I feel like the sales have been going on since like October. I'm not sure if you've been watching TV. Uh, and when I talk about TV today in 2019, almost 2020, I'm kind of really talking about the streaming services. Um, one of the benefits of being a press person in the entertainment industry is that uh, we get a lot of access to a lot of TV shows and movies before, you know, most of the public does. That way we can review it, talk about it, write about it, analyze it, and then have uh, our opinions uh, for you guys to kind of like consider when you're watching these new programs, you know, either it's a form of promotion, I guess, uh, is the way they view it for, for the press. It's more how we can be of service and of value to you. That way you can look and consume things in a way that's much more beneficial to you. Um, And one of the big TV shows, and I have to say, I mean, I said this on Twitter, probably the best TV show out right now is The Mandalorian. It's on Disney Plus, and uh, I've already seen four episodes on it. And I have to say, I mean... I don't think any other production out there. I mean, and I'm talking about Game of Thrones. I haven't seen a production this big for any TV show but The Mandalorian. There, It's been rumored that the, the show per episode, and I think they have about eight episodes, each one was $25 million, so you do the math. I mean, that's insane to spend that amount of money on a TV show. And to not even be able to give ratings or anything like that. But the production value is so, so crazy big. It's it's ginormous. It's titanic. It's, it's like the movies. It's like you're watching a Star Wars movie called The Mandalorian. But it's broken into eight TV episodes. Um, it's a little bit mind-boggling to kind of see that. And uh, great to know that a Chilean actor by the name of Pedro Pascal, who was also in Game of Thrones... Um, is is the lead guy, but we don't really see his face. 
But if you're a Star Wars fan and you love the DNA of Star Wars, of the Star Wars format, the Star Wars style and aesthetic, then you're going to love The Mandalorian. It's a great TV show. And of course, it gave birth to Baby Yoda. Uh, My brother was pretty ticked off about it because the world went crazy with Baby Yoda. He's like, hey, spoiler free, people. Some people haven't seen it yet. But just for that show alone, you guys should get Disney+. Plus. And I heard there's like a crazy deal going on, like $59.99, I think, for, for the whole year, which comes out to, I don't know, like five bucks. And I think there was another bundle price that they were including Hulu uh, and ESPN Plus for another crazy price. I mean, if you already got Netflix and HBO Max and Apple TV, it, you know, maybe not, but, but maybe consider replacing those with Disney Plus. The library is just too crazy. I mean, I think it's better than Netflix's. Netflix has a lot of garbage, guys. You know, don't 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 fool yourself. They they now have these great movies that came out this month, but for the most of the year, you're not getting the Marriage Story and the Two Popes and Dolomite and and all these other great films that are coming out, like The Irishman. Um, they're just barely just putting those out right now. But for the rest of the year, I mean, the content just seems a little weak. So Disney Plus is, is a good price and great in a great library of content. So uh, really consider it because I definitely am. All right. Uh, this week, I'm talking to actor William Levy. A lot of you know him as the actor who was in Dancing with the Stars on ABC and became a phenomenon that landed him on the cover of People magazine. He was anointed as the new Latino Brad Pitt Either that was a curse or it was the best thing that could have happened to him. But uh, he has a new movie, a Spanish language movie called En Abrazos de un Asesino. It's like a spy thriller, uh, which he co-wrote, produced, and stars in. Think James Bond meets John Wick, but in Mexico. That's kind of how the movie is. And in our interview, Levy got pretty raw and had some cathartic moments on how the Latino market once told him that he was never going to make it because of his Cuban accent and how Hollywood said he wasn't Latino looking enough to be hired. And it's a very similar story that happened to Carlos Ponce in a podcast that we also did not too long ago where I'm telling you, the stories are almost like verbatim. Um, and much of these experiences, according to Levy, really marked him. And uh, it marked him to the point where he created a production company with the purpose of hiring Latino actors with all types of accents Take that, guys. And he also has the production company to develop Spanish-language movies for Spanish-language viewers like his mother and his grandmother who don't understand English-language films. Um, He seems to have a chip on his shoulder, which he's channeling for good. But before I talk to William, it's time to give you my weekly pop culture news recap in a segment I like to call Jacked In. Let's begin with the top movie news of the week. The Toronto International Film Festival names Lucrecia Martel's Argentine film Zama the best movie of the decade. There's a WeWork movie coming to the big screen. Antonio Banderas will be honored at the Palm Springs Film Festival Awards Gala. A movie about the founders of the National Enquirer is in the works. And Brazil's president blamed Leonardo DiCaprio for the Amazon rainforest fires. In TV news, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel returns December 6th on Amazon Prime. One Day at a Time co-creator Gloria Calderon Kellett has signed a multi-year overall deal at Amazon Studios. Netflix is releasing 53 new original movies and shows in December, and the new trailer of the new Latin X version of Party of Five reboot is out now. 
Switching over to music, Alanis Morissette is celebrating the 25th anniversary of Jagged Little Pill with a brand new North American tour. Jennifer Lopez will be honored with the Spotlight Award at the 31st annual Palm Springs International Film Festival. Spotify names Drake, Ed Sheeran as the most streamed artist of the decade, and Nanti Natasha is December's cover girl of Ola USA Magazine. And in tech and social media news, Facebook acquires Czech Republic Beat Saber video game studio. You can now video chat with up to six people on Instagram, Mario Kart is Apple's most downloaded video game of 2019, and Twitter stock plunges after CEO Jack Dorsey says he plans to move to Africa next year. What's up, Jack? How you doing, bro? William, what's going on, man? I like your name, brother. You're Rico. Huh? Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. I know. I've, I've had a couple of people tell me that. Jack Rico. It sounds like a private detective, you know. Uh, <laughs> I actually was reading a script a couple of years ago, and the guy was called Rico. Oh, really? Yeah, that's funny, man. That's really, funny, really funny, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, William, welcome to the Highly Relevant Podcast. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you, Rico. So uh, you have a new <laughs> film out called En Brazos de un Asesino. You co-wrote yes. it, you produced it, and you star in it. My name is Saray. Javier me ha tenido secuestrada desde que tenía 14 años. Necesito que me ayudes. Los menigos son interferir. Vas a morir por lo que has hecho. Saray debía estar conmigo en el segundo que la encontraste. Venía por ti. Quiero a Guzmán muerto por el precio que acordamos. Pero te daré un millón más. Why was this film so important to you? Well, it wasn't exactly um, this film in particular. You know, it was my career uh, what's uh, more important. And, uh, you know, I, I had the chance to to work here in the American market. And, you know, um, uh, I learned from, this, uh, from these big productions that I was part of it. But I was also able to work with some people that, you know, they didn't, they weren't taking this job seriously, you know, and they really? just like, you know, they didn't really they were phoning care it about in. putting, yeah. they were just, you know, they were just not putting the whole budget into the, pro into the production, you know, and you know, when you're an actor and you see that, 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 that kind of stuff happening, you know, around you, then you really, you know, you really see people don't care about your career. They just care about what, whatever, you know, their, you know, their interests. And, mm -hmm. you know, I wanted to just take care control of my career and, and create great opportunities not only for me but for Latinos in this country too so you know I said you know what let, let, let's start doing this I'm going to create this production company where I'm not, I'm not only an actor who who's looking for an, for an, you know for, for an opportunity I want to become that man who creates opportunity for other people and all the actors and man this is exactly why I did it you know there's nothing specifically about that movie just uh, I read the book and I loved it you know I had a good time reading it and I thought people would like it too so you know I, I went ahead and got the rights there, there are actually seven books Oh and we wow! Made the movie based on the first book. Yeah, it's you know it's a it's a New York Times bestselling author called J. Remersky, Red Mursky. and um, you know it took like four or five months to get the rights to <laughs> negotiate it, but then we did it finally, and you know it took a little more time to to start you know making the adaptation and stuff, but. Finally, we did it, man. We're four days, four days away from, from the movie. <laughs> it's crazy. We'll talk a little bit more about your career in just a second, but was this your first screenplay that you ever wrote? Yes, the first one. What was the writing experience like for you? It was crazy, man. <laughs> it was crazy <laughs> because I was in Miami, you know, and mm -hmm. um, we didn't have the budget to go out there and get the writers and pay writers. And, you know, we went through one experience where we offered a writer a job and we didn't like what he did. So I was like, you know what, we're wasting our time. Uh, let me let me stop everything I'm doing and, and let me freaking focus on my stuff. So I started writing, you know, co-writing with my partner, 
uh, the adaptation from the from the book to the movie, mm-hmm. and we would do it every night. I, I, my kids would go to sleep at, at ten, then his kids would go to uh, sleep at ten in LA. I was in Miami, so for me it was like twelve o'clock, and then we would start from twelve to six, all that you know, all, all night long. Wait, twelve you know, midnight to six in the morning? Yeah, yeah, we would do it because in, during the day we didn't have time to do that. You know, I, I, I was with my kids. I had a lot of stuff doing. You know, a lot of stuff going on. When so, did you sleep? Uh, when the kids were went, went, went to school, like I, I was I was done. I would, I would stop when the kids woke up, have breakfast with them, and then go to sleep. At that time, did you enjoy the experience of writing? Yeah, man. Yeah, because I was taking control of whatever I wanted in the movie. You know, you know, and and you know, and the story. So I, I liked him. You know, I really enjoy what I do, man. So this, if you don't enjoy, I, I don't think I would have done it. You know, <laughs> writing is, is is a difficult thing because I've tried doing it, and and you know, it's between creativity and vision and everything else. Uh, what did you learn from the writing experience? Well, it's, um, you know, I've here and there always wrote something in my life. You know, I, I like writing ever since I was a little kid, oh, okay. but um, I never did it this seriously. You know, I never did, took it so serious. And I just did it because I really enjoy it, man. I really like, like, spending my time and creating this this world in my head and, and the world that I wanted to show from the book. You know, I, the the only thing that I really... You know that I really suffer while I'm doing this, man. Is I will tell you is that you you can't put everything in in the movie, you know. And, and sometimes right. you have to sacrifice a lot of the, a lot of the book. And there were so many great scenes that that I wanted to show them, but you know they were all you know you couldn't, you just couldn't because you know in the movie you can't do much, you know. So that's the only part sad part about writing uh, from a book to a movie that you lose a lot, you know and. It hurts you, you know, to to not be able to show everything out there. That's why at the beginning we wanted to make it a series. What I noticed is that you chose to go with an international cast. What was yeah. the thinking behind that? I um, I like it. I, I like. I I think um, I grew up sometime, you know, even in the Spanish market, uh, listening to people telling me that I wasn't going to make it because I had I had a Cuban accent. And uh, it hurt me a couple of times, um, not to the point where I, you know, where I stopped doing what I'm doing. I, I always knew I was going to do it no matter what, no matter what people would say. But I, I didn't like people saying that because of an accent. You know, mm-hmm. we are Latinos and we have different accents. It doesn't matter where we come from and we should all enjoy it. So, you know, I was I, I, I always went against that. And I said, when I make a fucking movie, I'm going to make a movie. <laughs> Everybody different accents. I don't give a fuck. You know, because, man. You cannot go out there and say to Latinos, between Latinos, hey, you have an accent, you won't make it. Who told you this shit, man? What do you believe in this? Do you, you feel know? that it's a form of discrimination? I, I do. I really do, man. I really do. So, you know, I, that's, this is exactly why I want to, you know, movie with different cast from different countries, you know? I mean, it's so beautiful when you go see a movie and you see different accents in the movie and, you know, it's just, you know, you should not cut the wings to somebody because of the, where they come from. Exactly. You should never do that, you know? So... This is exactly why I wanted to do it. <laughs> now, why, why did you choose to shoot the film in Spanish? Don't you reach a wider net in English? And did other producers, the studio, did they go, hey, listen, man, th- this has the capacity to reach a lot of people. Let's do it in <laughs> yeah. English. Yeah, yeah, you, you are you are totally right. <laughs> I went through that. I went through that one. Um, and so what when happened? we were making the movie, we, we, we were supposed to be in English. <clears throat> And my whole team was actually telling me to do it in English because I was in the middle of making a crossover. But then I, I, I learned that, um, I mean, I don't have anything against this country. I mean, I come to this country and I love this country, but 
I have to do something for my people, man. You know, wherever we come from, we have to help each other. And mm-hmm. um, and I saw that being us, uh, the number one audience going to the movie theaters and having only 3% of Latinos working as lead roles in the American market was not going together. It, it wasn't making sense, any sense. And um, and I just, you know, I just wanted to create more opportunities for Latinos. And I went against everybody, against all, all odds. Everybody would keep telling me, kept telling me to do it in English, do it in English for myself. And I said, you know what, I'm not. I'm I'm about to be 40, man, and I'm not thinking about myself anymore. I'm thinking about everyone else, and and I want to help people. I want to create jobs. I want to create opportunities for Latinos in this country, too, man. So I say, you know what? My my grandmother cannot go to the movie theaters. My mom cannot go to the movie theaters, and they will never mm. go to the movie theaters again. Why? Because there's not a movie in Spanish, man. So I say, you know what? Um, you never know when you're gonna see them again. You you never know when you're gonna lose them. You know, life is passing by so fast. And I don't, I'm not only, I don't only want to create opportunities for, for the people behind and in front of cameras, but I want to create opportunities for Latinos to go to movie theaters and watch a movie in the language. So, you know, I went out there and, and did it in Spanish, man. I, you know, I, maybe some people didn't like it, you know, that I did this decision, but I know millions of people are going to enjoy it. Absolutely. Well, remember, there's 600 million Spanish-speaking people in the world, so <laughs> you definitely have a good <laughs> business model there. Now, let, let me talk about your career, because we were talking about it earlier in the, in the conversation You've acted in approximately, you could correct me here if I'm wrong, in 26 TV and film projects in your career, which is a yeah. lot. And I'm curious to know if this business, when you first got in, was everything you thought it'd be when you made the decision to become an actor, or now that you're 40, has it become, or has it come with its sets of disappointments that you've learned from? Well, um, the disappointments come at the beginning. Mm. I, I, I would say that at the beginning, because you would think something and um, you just, you know, uh, like, like I, like I told you, the first casting that I went to, I was told that I wasn't going to make this because I, I had an accent. Then I came to the American market and they told me that I wasn't going to do it because I didn't look Latino. And then I was just going against everything. I was like, whoa, what, where am I going to work? In the Latin market, they told me I have a Cuban accent. In the American market, they told me I don't look Latino. So, and I have a line action. So I'm like, <laughs> what's going on here? You know, but, um, you know, through, through the process and when you start working, you just, you know, I, I understand that, you know, and I'm not talking any, any, I'm not saying anything bad about anybody here. So I will never mention any names, but we all know that in this business, like everyone else, but in this business, man, you know, just people are, you know, people look for their own good, man, you know, and, um, I'm not like, I come from a country where we will help each other because we don't right. help each other you freaking, you know, you don't make it, you know. You, you, we have a government who tells you what to eat, when to eat, you know, and what to do, you know. The, it's a dictatorship. So we learn to help each other. And and here, it's, you know, you hardly see that, man. You hardly see that. You, you just see people looking for, own, for their own good and, you know, trying to step all over each other and, you know. And, and it's a business. <laughs> it's hard, man. People are very fake. And I, I don't like that. I don't like to be surrounded by that, man. So... That's exactly why I don't have. I, I'm, I mostly don't have any friends that are from the business. I have my own friends really? from the days when I was little, you know. And I hang out with them all the time, and I play dominoes, and I keep a normal life, <laughs> you know. Because this life can really can be really bad, man. Can be it's really fucked up if you get into it, you know. You can really end up bad. One of the things about acting to me is is that that I think is just terrible is the amount of rejection that an actor goes through every single day. That's not about what kind of person you are, what kind of values you are. It's about how you look. It's about que si le caíste bien a alguien o no. 
or something. How do you deal with criticism? How do you deal with rejection? And how do you overcome all those things to get to the place where you are right now, making a movie of this caliber and this production level? Well, man, you you, you are saying the right things all, all over. Uh, the, me personally, uh, the way I face this, I always, I mean, I know that there's nothing this business can do to me that I, that I already went through in Cuba. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I put myself on a boat when I was 14 years old. I risked my life on the freaking ocean. I, I went through shit in my life. So whatever I can go through through in this business will never compare to that. So it doesn't matter if you tell me no. It doesn't matter how many times you tell me no and how many times you know I have to face that. Me personally, I know I'm going to go through it. But it could be very hard for other people. I understand that. It could be very, very difficult to go out there and, 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 you know, and confront people saying no to you, no to you. And it's not only one time or once every three years that you get a job. Every, every other person might go and say and got three, four no's and get a job. And then they'll get a job for a long time without having to hear somebody saying no to them, you know? So right. told whatever, you know, but here it's like almost, you make a you get a movie, you, two months later, you, you are without a job. And now you are looking for another movie or another job and you keep, you know, Facing people saying no, 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 no. It's hard. It could it's be hard, man. Hard. This business is so hard, man. It's really hard and it's very, very unknown of the future. You know, you don't know your future. You don't know what you're going to do. So it could be very difficult, man. It could be very, very bad. Have you ever thought of quitting the business and just going somewhere where you don't have to deal with that assault all the time? Yeah. Five years ago, I, I actually said, I'm not, I don't want to do this no more, you know, because the press was talking so many crap. I, you know, I was dealing with so many stuff that I said, I don't give a fuck about this, man. You know, mm-hmm, I'm like, mm-hmm. I could live without anything. I could live without anything. I don't, I don't care because I, I come from that. But then once again, I, I, um, I found, you know, I found myself like, why should I stop for, for, for other people? You know, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and right. I'm going to keep doing what I love to do. So, uh, but yeah, man, it's hard. It's hard to, you have to have a crocodile skin in this business to make it. You know, it's interesting. When I was watching this movie, I, I, I said to myself, why isn't William Levy the next James Bond? <laughs> I know. I keep asking myself the same thing. I, I mean, I, I, I really couldn't decipher or discern why you couldn't be the next James Bond. And Because you're not the producers, man. You, you got to be a producer over here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. In, in Brazos de un Asesino, to me, just felt like the the the... the the Latino James Bond, but at the end of the day, what the hell is Latino look like? You know, what does an American look like? The idea is yeah, to put exactly, the right man. person in that role. That is so, that is all right. You know, we don't, we don't have, you know, a way that, we, you know, we were so freaking different. We have so many different actions. We look so different. It's not like, you know, it's so incredible, man. But, you know, I mean, I think little by little, we you just got to keep pushing. We got to keep pushing. And keep showing uh, this market that our market, our Latin market has so much value. And, you know, they got to appreciate it and they have to understand that. At some point they will, you know, and things are going to change little by little, man. I believe that. Fellow Cuban actress Ana de Armas has been blowing up in Hollywood. Uh, And as you know, she's been in Blade Runner 2049. She's a new Bond girl. She's also the centerpiece in Ryan Johnson's Knives Out film that's currently in theaters. Um, as a Cuban actor yourself, how difficult do you think she's had it to get to where she is today? You know, come, like I told you, coming from where, from where I come from, I, I know that it's hard. One, it's hard to get out of Cuba. It's really hard. 
because in every other country you are allowed to get a visa if you if you go if you know they tell you look you need to work you need to save some money in their bank account you need to make it good and then you go and you might get a visa to come here but in cuba it doesn't matter how much you work it doesn't matter how much money you save it doesn't matter what you do you won't get a visa you're not allowed to get a visa and fly and it's so ridiculous you know it's so funny because you know the only reason is i I won't even get into that it's too crazy but anyway you you're not allowed to leave cuba so it's very very you know it's not normal to see a cuban first of all to get out of cuba and and then make it happen the way she's making it happen and and for me the way i'm i'm trying you know what i'm trying to do here it is hard you know it's very very hard you don't see many cubans working in this business you see more mexicans you know which i really love because mexico made my 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 career but you see more more different people than than Cuban. Cuban is so hard to see them because of the situation that we go through in our country. So when I see her doing that, I know what she went through. I know how much she appreciates what she's doing right now. And you know, I, I just hope the best for her, and not only for her, but every everyone, every Latino, you know, because like I told you, man, only three percent of Latinos are work have a in the American market. It's, it's crazy, it, man. It's insane. We are the number one audience going to move with and only three percent is, is working as Libro. That's crazy. So how do you change that, William? How do you change that? Well, that's exactly what I'm doing. Why I'm doing this, man? I'm creating just for Latinos. You know, that's, this is exactly what I wanted to do in Spanish because I want to put that three percent up at least in Spanish or whatever it is. But then it work. We need we need work. We need to do what we love to do, man. You know. So how do you envision your career? Is it as an actor? Is it as a producer? Is it as a writer? Is it as a director? I think I'll write whenever, whenever I, I, I have to or whenever I feel I should. That's not what I'm looking for. Um, uh, I, I, I want to, I want to, I like producing and I like acting. I think I will do both for the rest of my life. Uh, and then finally, it, for people that want to see Embrazos de un Asesino, why should they go to the movie theaters and watch this film? Well, one is because it's a movie that's, it's a fun movie. We, we did everything possible to, to make sure people, when they go to movie theaters and watch a movie in Spanish, they watch something different. This is a different um, uh, movie. It's not, uh, you know, a romantic comedy, which is what we used to watch now at the market. This movie is um, suspense, uh, romance, action, um, has great photography. People are going to enjoy this movie. They're going to have a good time. But, but more importantly is that, you know, it's a movie that we are betting on the Latin market. We are trying to, to show the whole world, you know, our importance in this market, you know, in this, in this world. So I hope they go, I hope they go because they're not only going to watch a movie, they're going to do something good for Latinos, you know? So it's both things at the same time. All right, man. Uh, William Levy, thank you so much for being on the podcast. The name of the movie is called Embrazos de un Asesino. Uh, That's right, William man. writes it, produces it, and stars in it. And uh, will there be a sequel? Well, it depends on the success. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you said, we're the largest movie-going demographic in the United States, so there's there shouldn't be any reason why that shouldn't happen. Go check out Embrazos de un Asesino. It comes out this Friday, December 6th, in select theaters. William Levy, thank you for being on the Highly Relevant Podcast. Un placer. Saludos. And before I wrap up here, here are three land tracks you might want to add to your playlist this weekend. Barro en los pies. 
Polok featuring Itza. Barro en los pies sin querer. no te viene bien sufrir. Si sabes no era para ti. Girl, también que te ves andando sola y sin dormir. Fuck him. Girl Ultra featuring Simena Sariñana. Sabes no era para ti. Te puedo querer desde aquí hasta el cielo. Me puedo quedar llorando un aguacero. Mala manera, Juanes. Esa mala manera que tú tienes de querer. And that's it for episode 133 of the Highly Relevant Podcast. I want to thank William Levy for dropping by. And if you like to support this podcast, please spread the love on social media and tell all your friends about it. You can reach me on Instagram at Jack Rico and my Facebook page at Jack Rico Foodie. Remember, it's only through your support that our show can grow. I'm Jack Rico. See you next week on another episode of Highly Relevant. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.